Hello. Hello, Merlin. How are you doing today? Good morning. Ah, uh, good morning, good Dan. Morning. I'm, I'm very well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and huh. that's today's show. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you to everyone for tuning in. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to learn more about any of the products you've heard here today. <laughs> Uh, oh, and visit add, the add, aisle at Walgreens. Add hard drive up, upgrades to my to my list of things uh, before I forget. I can't. I capture that for. Boy, me. you're killing me here. I, I got I got so much stuff here, and now you got more stuff. I'll put on more put in your area. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is why we should. No, you know what? <sighs> Syracuse and I started doing what he calls a pre-flight, which mm. is a good idea. Now, see, in Bacon Ray, we had something called a pre-show, and that's when you make a two before you perform. <laughs> but but um, <laughs> okay. Which you didn't want to do at a lot of the local bars, yeah, but no. you know, a, a man's got to do what a man's got to do, like yeah. the song says. And um, a pre-flight, I do love a pre-flight, kind of, because, I don't know, dirty little secret about daddy, Ooh. title, is that um, daddy <laughs> likes the chaos. Mm. I don't have a problem with chapter markers if you're working from an outline, Yeah, but I never want to leave anyone with the impression that there are parts <laughs> you should skip, not because I'm self-involved, I mean, I am self-involved, but it's not because of that. It's because you wouldn't show up at an improv show, come to the, you know, just pop in at the end for the Herald and go, what did I miss? It's like, no, you have to be there for the whole thing. Yeah. But with that said, it is kind of smart. It's just, you know, I like the momentum of coming in hot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you understand that's so much of our chemistry? I think it is, and I think it's... It's the know. heat with which we come oh, in. Oh. What? I don't oh know. I don't god. know. Oh, my God. Prepositions. For excitement or emotion. No, wait, that's, that's interjections. Lolly, <laughs> lolly, lolly, get your adverbs here. Um, yeah, the heat, the heat come, coming in. Heat coming in. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so, oh God, there's so much to catch up on. Let's do, let's do, uh, this is not a pre flight. This is a, I don't know what wheels up. Um, uh, first of all, listen. Did you hear that? No. Oh, uh, exactly. that's good that you're back in. They, they're done. I'm so reluctant. I don't want to jinx myself. If there's anything I've learned in life, it's not to have positive thinking. Um, because positive thinking is ultimately usually magical thinking. But uh, we should write that down. That's a good topic. Um, I noticed last week that they had moved. They've been, so basically, what I'm, what I'm, talking, I'm sorry, what I'm talking about here is this very, very, very large project um, that's happening on the street where my office is located. Um, and as, as some listeners might have picked this up over the last month or so, there's a little bit of construction noise you could sometimes pick up. Uh, if you've if you started to pull your car over because you heard something backing up, and because uh, I think you do stereo here, like it's pretty realistic, and uh, so they've been doing this construction, and with with what I've come to call the bang bang machine, there are actually numerous bang bangs machines. It's like attorneys general, mm. and uh, long story short, um, I think they've moved to a different area, and I I got I was I was practically tumescent. When I saw them with the uh, what do you call it? We call it the big rolly thing, concrete mixer. Yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. The mixer, the thing so that's keeping it, big, keeping it going. Yeah, yeah. So I, they were, I, I was. It looked promising because the bang bang machine was inserting these uh, separators into this trench run thing where they could go in and do their their pipe business because that's all about it's all about pipes. You know, they're, they're doing pipe things. You got to keep the pipes cleaned out. You got to clean the pipes. You got to you got to go got to go make a deuce, no matter how long it takes. And uh, that's where that goes, I guess, or gas, 
the gas could be unrelated. You might have IBS. You should talk to a doctor. Yeah, I mean, ask your doctor it's if it's right you for you. Self-diagnose. No, 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 no. Don't don't take pooptronics if you're allergic to pooptronics. <sighs> One of my favorite admonitions in every ad. Do make do not take Centralex if you're allergic to Centralex. Oh, thanks, bud. Uh, I was going to ask my pharmacist about that. Um, but what happened was they uh, they're filling the trench, you know. And uh, and they're putting they're putting uh, the the ooh, I was kidding. I used to love watching a concrete mixer. This is the the, the upside of this. The downside for y'all with ears and who listen to my shows. Thank you to both of you. Is that it's been horrible, and I apologize. There's not much I can do about it. I've tried to change recording times. I've done so many things, but um, but it has been really cool to watch these guys work because I like listening to anybody talk about anything they're excited about. Um, mostly. And I like watching anybody who's good at their job, mostly. You know, like go to Shakey's Pizza and you can watch them make a pizza. You know, that kind of thing. Um, but it's been fun. Anyway, that's my idea of a concrete mixer. <laughs> Comes and it, it drops this dirty business into Luke's trench. And, uh, and, and, and I was like, ooh, you know, I don't think these boys would be pouring from the cement mixer unless... Unless, unless they were getting sort of close to done with at least this part of it. And I was like, oh, no, don't think it, don't think it, don't think it. Magical thinking. Magical thinking works both ways, you understand? It's mm-hmm. like there's, there's like, uh, you know, dark magic, as we say. Um, and I didn't want to screw it up. And then yesterday, uh, my kid and I were walking around. And I'm like, oh, my God, look, look at the intersection. And they were painting repainting the crosswalk and i was like oh this is such a good sign they would not i mean you know unless their project management is really execrable uh i somehow i've gotten th- at least three poop references in six minutes it's so <laughs> it's the re- record even for you <laughs> get over here you i um I, uh, and so that was the, I was buoyed by that, if I'm being honest. And so anyway, we'll see what happens. I just want to say thanks for everybody who stuck with me. And, uh, if you didn't stick with me, you won't hear this. So I'm not thanking you, you know, but the rest of y'all, thank you. I know it's, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. You know, the thing is, you know, sometimes people say to you, how you doing? And I say, yeah, you know, I'm doing fine. You know, it just keeps going. You know, you ever had that feeling? It's not bad. I mean, I could be dead, but like, yeah, yeah, just keeps going. Like nothing's ever really done. No, you know? nothing. Well, that's the, what the Buddha said. You're never really done. You're never really done you're never until really you're done. done. Yeah. And by the time you're done, you just you hope you're well done. Um, <laughs> did, well, I mean, that, what did the, what no, did, that, that what did the Buddha say that when really he walked, happens in this medium? Merlin, I have a joke to tell. You. What, what did the Buddhist say when he walked into the pizza parlor? Is it give me one with everything? Yeah, make make me one with everything. Oh, make me one with everything. Oh, mm. yours is better. I, that's good, Dan. It's good. Even the bell sounds better. The bell does my sound tea, better. Everything sounds. Did you tweak your well, settings? I clean my again? office. I clean my office. That helps mm. a lot. I'm probably getting real different. Uh, what do they call it? Slapback? Is that a bass? Mm-hmm. You get a uh, what do you call it? What do you call that? Like when you two records in a stairwell. Bad. Yes. Okay. So we got some things to talk about. Yeah, um, I'm uh, you. You've got lots of good things here, Dan. Uh, I, God, we should start. So here's what I've got. Just so you know, I've got some some recommendations that are uh, independent of one another. Of course, I always prepare too much and then I talk too much because that's kind of my role. I hope 
Uh, I have some things to talk about. An app, a new an app that's not new to me, but I finally tried that I love. Uh, some podcast episodes uh, that I want to really recommend. Uh, that are you know how it is, Dan. You know we've been doing this show for a pretty long time. Sometimes I'll be hearing something. I'll be hearing some, sometimes I'll be hearing something. Oh, beautiful pine furniture. Sometimes I'll be hearing something, and I'll think to myself, "Ha, huh, that's our poop. That's our." I see. I would say, would say the S word. Well, that, yeah, we don't. Yeah, we can't now. Say that. That's can't four say now. That. Are you hashing these? That's four. I think it's four poop references. Four poop reference. Well, I mean, not excluding meta references, right? I also have a thing I couldn't find a place for in the wisdom document where I realized that wiping your butt is uh, kind of like playing golf. Mm-hmm. You should ask me about that sometime. You need you need a you need a driver or so, sorry you need a you need a uh, uh, what do you call it a wood. Hello? What's it called? Hello. What? Hello. You need a you need your your the big the big head club. You get your ping. You go out there and you got your big head club for I mean, the big people, drive. People would call them woods. There's woods. There's irons. Drivers. But yeah, driver. Well, yeah, but like you got the big one, the club that you start with, and then you it's got a driver, driver for the middle, mm-hmm. and your angle changes based on how close you are to your cup, and then you got a putter to finish it off. Sometimes and I'll just go like, out there and just practice chip shots. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And so you just you literally hit potato chips with with a bat. You toss the you toss a handful of uh, your golf balls around in, golf in balls. the sand trap, and then you just practice pitching oh, out. Oh, I see, I see, I see, I see. Because it happens. It happens. No, I every it happens to every fella. Sometimes you don't have your wood. I have. This is everything wow. I do for my job. Um, and but if you think about wiping your butt, it's a similar way. If you're just using a putter, whoo. It can be anywhere near the green. Mm-mm. First, you first you got to get some yards under you, as we say in the business. Keep it in the fairway. But I'll come back to that. Keep it. You know. You know what they say. Keep it between the lines. Um. Big, big, big hit of the llama. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. And and then then at the end, you know, I said, uh, you know, how about uh, you know, a little something for the effort. You know what he said? What you know what he said? Do you remember what he said? He said, "Gunga, gunga, gunga, gunga." You get nothing but on your deathbed, you'll achieve total consciousness. I got that going. I want to show that to my kid, but I don't think it would be as funny today. Uh, Okay, I actually did that. Write it down. Write it down. I know I did it, and it. Well, I we can we can get. I don't even want to say that it hasn't aged well. It's just that it was so anarchic. Yes. Think about how it starts in the house with all the kids and like, do you live here? Like that that whole thing. You know what I mean? Yep. Um. Oh, geez. Hang on. Oh, geez. Oh, I smell smell smoke. That's oh the God. first sign of a stroke. Oh, you're right. Or toast. Ooh, no, it looks like it's a cheap power strip. Oh no. Are you is <gasps> your thing smoking? Uh she said I was she's gosh, she's got so many meetings today. She Dan, Dan, my wife has a four hour meeting today. I didn't actually of those screamed. It's not fun. I screamed from across the room. Well, I, I think I probably prefaced it with something like, with all due respect to your career and, and the work, because she has like an important job. I was like, who the dickens has a four hour long meeting? And yeah, she they said, have well, to hand out a, adult diapers for those. They do they? Is that right? And you're supposed to wear them? Or, or, a, just, or a cup? Or you could you cast. You on your head if you, you want. want. Cast, you oh, I see. It's like a team building exercise. Yeah, you, you cast each other. Yeah. Well, you cath, catheter? Mm hmm. Oh, I see. Okay, well, I'm not going to make a poop joke, because now you made a weenus joke about the urethra. Mm. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, that was smoking. This is a... Oh, see? That's a... wonder what was in there. Oh, wait, I know what was in there. I just put what was in there in there. It's... uh, I think I stuck the the lamp? No, that wouldn't cause that. Oh, that's bad. Oh, this should be short. Oh, it's awful. Okay. uh, What was I talking about? Poop? 
No, there's something else. Uh, oh, yeah, so I got some stuff prepped. You got some things happening. We have some uh, beloved uh, beloved characters, our beloved sponsors. I, one of my things I want to talk about involves a, a once-and-future sponsor of ours. You know, you know that there's that there's that provider of video educational content that that sometimes has been them. a sponsor on I here. I love them. They're a sponsor today. Oh, no, they aren't. Yeah. No. Wait a minute. Oh, is it because we missed an episode? The sheets all goofy. Uh, yeah, we did, and then it's over oh. here. They moved. We got three today. Oh, it's a big. Well, big I, ha- I had I had one that starts with an I, one that starts with an O, and one that starts with an S. And now you're, I have one that starts, you're giving me one that starts with an M. An M, an O, and an S. Moz. M-O-S. Oh, indeed. Okay. Um, so what I was going to say was that we have some things. Sometimes I'll be listening to something. I'll go, you know, man, this is so our poop. Um, we don't curse on here. Um, but, uh, and that's what I've got. But Dan, Dan, can I open things up with a question to you? Yeah. I mean, you ask, you can ask me anything you want. I like to pretend pretend that my life's an open book. Um, you, uh, you were reporting live from the uh, show floor last week at the (laughs) Austin zone South by Southwest. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Were you on a panel? Is that right? I did a panel. Um, and we were talking about the uh, spooler system that I've been lucky enough to be involved with. It's been really fun, which is what what is that? So spooler spooler spooler.fm is a company that has a a news service out that helps new primarily news organizations, but it's not limited to that. Do I know that? Do you have an integration for that or something? What do I know that name from? Are they, are they new? Are they new, new kids on the block? New kids, very new kids on the block. Spooler. Spooler.fm. Spooler. Huh? Huh. My local shoe store has a .io, and I complimented the guy on it. I said, I think that's pretty cool. IOs are, are very elite. IOs is very, say. yeah, they call it in and out. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and so, uh, and, and what Near is the, what is the uh, what's the elevator pitch on Spooler.fm? That uh, they take, they bring the concept of immediacy back to podcasting, which we're typically podcasts are what they're for analysis. They come out later. They're old. They're old by mm. the time you get, and let's be honest, this, mm-hmm. they're not breaking yeah. news with them. And this technology this is already old and the words are still coming out of my mouth. Ah, the, this technology allows people to ideally like news and, and media organizations to take their content, which can often be in the form of many, many multiple series, you know, the stories rather not series stories, uh, mm-hmm. So you might have a story about Biden, you might have a story about the Ukraine, you might have a story about the stock market. They could all be recorded by different people in different locations, and they can be uh, dragged and dropped directly into a single uh, single podcast where their audio is sweetened and everything is it, sounds... Is it an like, editor at that point? It's a window? Not what, an what, editor. What are you dragging it into? There's kind of like two uh, panes, if you will. One of them mm-hmm. is a source pane. One of them is destination pane. And so you're dragging Destination pane. Is there a colon in there? What was Sorry, there? that was a not movie? a poop joke. Commander pain or something? Destina- like oh, there's major pain. Major pain. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like uh, private, uh, you know, private matters, uh, general disorder. This is a running <laughs> joke in our house that's not very funny. <laughs> Oh, it just did that? It just burned like that? That just happened? Yeah, well, that's, that's, you can tell this is cheap. Look how cheap oh, that looks. crap. But what That's was, cover yeah, art yeah, right yeah, there, no, if no, I've no, ever no, seen thank, cover thank, art. Um, well, here's the other one. Here's the actual, she says the, uh, the plug was smoking. The, the, the male uh, insertion. Uh-uh. 
spooler. Spool- so, so, you so you would take your there. different stories, your different content, whether it might might be an ad unit, it might be a, a theme song, it might be looping music, it's a that block. you want to be a, a music bed, and it does all the intelligent stuff to put all of this together and make it sound like these were all recorded oh. right next to each other in real time, and then you hit Neato. publish and it goes out into the world and uh, and you can, so basically you could have a whole news team of people reporting and doing cool stuff mm-hmm. and then one producer can assemble it all and you could do that not just for news but for any kind of content and it and it publishes out to all the services very quickly and so that, that's, neat. that's the thing I've that built sounds, for now. But that sounds like the kind of thing where, I guess this is true of virtually anything, but uh, it seems like there would be a lot of work that goes into making that easy to use as a user yeah there's a lot there it was a, mm-hmm. a big challenge and a lot of fun to build that thing so we got to that's talk that's awesome about i didn't know this is exciting yeah so we got to talk about all that you only wait me for the important meetings you know you know i don't want to bother you i know you're busy did you, you get any um let's be honest guys who raised their hand and they said really this is more of a comment than a question did you get that at all uh no i i didn't i don't recall that it's did you black out no, I was pretty present for it, actually. Good for you. Good, yeah. mindful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, total I have a, I have a cheat. I could call it a trick, or yeah. I could call it a tip, but it's really a cheat. Mm. And uh, this is not anything particularly innovative, but mm-hmm. I think, well, hmm, you know, as we talked about here for many years, I have a somewhat probably, I mean, it used to feel more contradictory than it does now, or it used to feel more, I, I th- my approach to presentations is different. Uh, from that of a lot of folks in a variety of ways. And partly it's just that I'm un- sort of untrained in it. But my goal with a presentation, and, and, you know, this is really, again, this is repeated in a lot of, you know, good books and good, uh, as you say, learnings. Yes. That is <laughs> That's why we say lesson, if we could say learnings. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the learnings of presentations uh, that, you know, uh, and who was it? I think it was the guy that wrote that book I'm in. Was it Gar Reynolds? I don't remember. But somebody was saying, you know, think of what you're doing as a performance. And and it, and it doesn't mean you have to get up there and sing or, or do tell jokes or something. But in the sense that if there's anything, the way I take that to mean that I think is not terrible advice for at least an intermediate level is think about what you're doing as a performance. And if you do... I mean, that means you're going to rehearse a lot. Mm-hmm. You're going to write. You're going to, like, think about how much media stuff is in here, how much potential i think a huge one how much potential tech nonsense can i anticipate or not anticipate will this fall apart if i forgot a dongle you know what i mean right, yes. anyways i but to me the one of the neat parts about thinking about it as a presentation is first of all you go okay well you know regardless you know whatever my skills are um i need to think about this i mean like for example i just watched a, a really good video with a lock lock picking lawyer and he did this like on stage lock picking and he, it was really really fun and really utilized his nerdiness in a good way well that's a performance he could just show you videos of lock picking but instead he has an overhead camera and can like pick pick nine locks in a minute or whatever Dang. that's really good yeah no he's really amusing i i really recommend his videos um uh, and his, his website, he's constantly pimping, which I understand, Covert Instruments. That's where I bought my lockpicking stuff. And, oh, wait, yeah, um, you actually got the lockpicking stuff. So you're, like, you're like into this now. Are you going to take a boot really... off, of a, off of a car by any chance? No. Well, here, what I can do, and folks who listen to LPL will know this term, um, I'm pretty fast at a low-skill raking attack against a cheap master lock. Okay. 
I can do raking, I can do just the most rudimentary picking, but I can't, you know, feel for whether something is set. It's just a fun hobby. It's yeah. it's inexpensive, it's fun. Anyhow, but whatever you take that to mean as a performance, I think that's a smart way to think about it. And and here's why. First of all, you're gonna take it if instead of the phrase that you and I both despise, talking to the slides. Talk to the slides. You know, talk to the slides. Because it's death. Again, and I'll try to find this book for notes. What was it called? Beyond, well, Beyond Bullet Points is the really good Microsoft book about writing a good presentation. Uh, well, the part that was valuable to me was about writing in these like sets of three, like three acts, and then there's three scenes in each act. And it's such a great brain dead easy way for somebody who likes outlines and has my brain to go like, Here's the three points I want to make. You don't make seven points. Don't make one point. Make three points that amplify this larger point. Um, that was big. And then the other one, and I'm so sorry to the author because I, I am barely featured in the book, but uh, uh, it was nice of him to do that. And it's got full of chock-a-block with great advice. But one of the big takeaways is think of it as a performance. Well, what's that mean to you? Well, how about this? Um Dan, mm. I, I think I, I know I've talked to you about this and how this frustrates me. Back in the day when I would do presentations or talks, if you like, more often, which is a thing I'd run into every four or five um, uh, visits with somebody. Um, a side note, there's a funny thing that happens when you deal with people where things, somebody asks you something that seems completely bananas to you, but mm-hmm. obviously seems it just equal, like in the inversely equally totally normal to them. And when they ask you, you're like, oh my God, you ask people this all the time and, and they never complain about it. Like when you call up customer support and they want to share your screen or they want to know your password or they do that dumb thing where like, instead of asking me what my address is to confirm it, they read me my address and say, is that correct? <laughs> that kind of thing. And you're like, wait a minute, you do that all the time and nobody complains about it? That's crazy. You're going to Matt hone in me. That's totally nuts. And they would say things like, could you just send, send us your deck? And I would say, S- send you my deck? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, basically, what we'll do is um, we'll get everybody's slides. We'll, you know, you know, we'll send you the, the uh, template. <laughs> you get, you know, of course, you know, purple background, yellow letters, seven thousand characters on screen. Um, send us your deck, and then what we'll do is we'll print that out and put that in, into the binder with everybody else's presentations. I said, just so we're, I'm clear here, you want me to send you my um, keynote, you know, my PowerPoint presentation, and then everybody who's there from my quote-unquote talk is going to be looking, leafing through my slides freely while I'm talking. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, it makes it a lot easier for people to follow along. And there's so much bound up in what that person asked that is antithetical to everything that I think mostly makes something good. I mean, having me give the slides, okay, that could be a MacGuffin. That Mm -hmm. could be a way to prove that I'm prepared, which I understand, because I have gone to paid gigs where other paid people said things like my assistant is going to send you a zip file and then i need a i need a laptop to present on and you're like doctor you did not bring a laptop to present on and that could now 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 we turn it around because that guy acts like that's normal and they're like no that's not how this works you come in totally ready and if you've got a mac you better have two bags of dongles titled (laughs) um Uh, that's how i ended up i so screwed up one time at mac world where i had been using a very new feature in keynote 
Um, remember the thing where, like, the, the, you know, that, it's pretty basic. Everybody does it now, but where, like, it'll change the type size to fit the bounding box, and it's really clever. So you don't have to do as much like onesie twosie fixes to sizes. Mm-hmm. If you get outside of your template, you know what I mean. And but the thing is, I, 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 I either I think is I, I feel like I must have brought the dongle I needed, but for whatever reason, I couldn't use my Mac. I had to use Gruber's Mac, which is to say, thank you, John. That was kind of him to let me use it. But he didn't have this this um, bleeding edge version, and like all my fonts were like the typefaces on some of the slides. You just hit a slide. I didn't have time to even look at it, right? But as I'm flipping through, suddenly I'd see it in the preview slide. Oh my god. It's one word and it's 300 points or whatever. Because um, when you think of it as a presentation, here's the neat thing that happens. Yes, you do prepare. Yes, you do. You don't, you don't need to be up there like, you know, tap dancing or something. But you think about making it something that's memorable in the moment. And anything, most things that don't make it memorable in the moment belong someplace else. Most prominently, oh man. You know, Steve Jobs says, you know, uh, something along the lines of, you know, you know, when you see a style, when you see a stylish, you, you know, they blew it. Um, when you see a spreadsheet on a screen, boy, they really blew it. They blew it. If you see it, this is this is one of your isms. If you see a spreadsheet on screen, it's the they same thing it. Steve Jobs says. If you have pull out a stylus. That's right. Same thing. Failed. Same thing. <laughs> yeah, you, you blew it. To quote Tim Heidegger, yeah, yeah. blew it. Um, but um, and so what? What do you do? Oh, I got to get this important data out. Well, dude, um, computers are great for that. <laughs> Why don't you? I, I mean, you could have a leave behind if it's something people need to look at. If it's something like with medical research or people want to see what the, you know, the p value on this is, like provide that in you know, a, a written document that they can look at or that they can download later. But how would you improve what you, not you, but one, how would you improve what you do if you did think of it as at least a little bit of a performance where it was all about engaging the people in the room? Because it, once you make that really sharp right turn, I think you really, you think about the way that you present very differently. And, and, and so get, getting back to that thing I said about, you know, things people say that they think are totally normal. Well, I mean, when you ask me for my quote unquote deck, so you could put it into a binder, that tells me a lot about the culture of your organization. Um, for notes, I will find <laughs> an episode of Memory Serves. It's a memory called No, You Can't Have a Candle. And it was an episode we did probably 10 years ago about presentations. Mm. You know, and, and the, the, the and my thesis that bad presentations and bad presentation culture are deeply interrelated. You're not going to get ambitious with what you do with your quote unquote deck or with your onstage performance if you have to stand at a lectern with a stick mic. You can't move, and then you're supposed to like basically just look at your slides and read what they say. We we joke about that, or but everybody supposedly knows that that's death, and yet people still continue to do it. It's so wild. Like I, I one reason I love having my own Mac laptop when I I don't do this anymore because I don't go places, but. I love having my own Mac with a setup that I understood. The most embarrassing part is when you got to plug it in and they briefly see your desktop and it's a bud or something. But, you know, <laughs> but but I love having current slide. I could arrange this however I wanted. Yeah. Like, I would usually have current slide really, really small 
um, sort of on the left. I would have next slide bigger, but the biggest thing on my presenter screen, as you call it, would be my notes. And the notes would be this weirdly coded, anybody else who looked at it would think this is nuts, but I had a little code for how I would write my notes that would, I would like bold the things that must not be missed about this. So I could go and I could look at the audience and talk to them, glance back at the Mac and see the big points, make sure I don't miss this because each slide or each part of this thing should be propelling this forward. And then I'd have a little character to let me know, start your sentence on this slide, hit the transition, and the first word out of your mouth on the next slide is going to be that. I don't know if they teach this in classes, but that was so good for me because there's something really baller and fun and like whimsical about talking and acting like you didn't notice the slides are changing. Sort of like Stephen Colbert, you know, the Colbert Report? Yeah. Like, suddenly the stuff behind me is different from what I'm talking about, and that can be really funny. You cut to Walter. I would always get a laugh among the people I care about by saying something like, and if you do that, click, you're going to be entering a world of pain. I did it without looking, a world of pain, world of pain. I wouldn't look at the screen, at any screen. I just had the confidence because I'd seen my little, I knew what the next slide was. And I could like have the remote in my pocket, or I could be gesticulating wildly, hit it, it goes to the next slide, and it's so much funnier if it looks like it just happened rather than me going, slide? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dan, I once, did, I once did a presentation somewhere <laughs> where they said it was, like, it was like the worst of every world, where they were like, oh, no, no, you, we don't have any way to, you know, Max, everybody's going to be on the same computer. But here's the thing. The person who's operating your deck is under the stage, and when you click the quote-unquote remote, it sends a signal to that person to advance by one slide. Mm. Think That's about that. That's pretty powerful. It's so powerful. I used to just, to me, the, like, the whole, like, give us your deck and we'll share it with everybody, to me, that would be like, and I don't mean, I'm not trying to puff myself up here, but it's a little bit like saying, hey, you know, Mr. Coppola, could you give us give us uh you know 280 uh copies of the godfather screenplay because we'd like people to have a chance to be able to look through the materials while the film's running it's like no dude and that's why i love chapter markers i use chapter markers on one of the shows that i do but i am extremely allergic to the idea there's any part of this that you should skip i think that's true for if that's not true for your podcast you have a radio show but good for you. Yeah, good for you. I'll find the name of that book. Dan, do me a favor, talking about something you like. I would love to tell you about the thing that you kind of mentioned before, Masterclass. What, what, you talking about me? I'm talking about you. Masterclass <sighs> is such a good... It's actually a really good service. It's, it really is I watch good. it on my Apple TV. I watch it on my iOS devices. It's The whole experience is, is so dang good. When they first came out with Masterclass... I was like, this is going to be great. They're probably going to get, you know, three, four really great people. And then they're going to start rolling yeah, yeah, in. Maybe they'll pull a, they'll pull a <laughs> sub stack. Yeah. You get, know, get five conservative dinglings that people some, will pay to read. Or in this exactly. case, you get, we'll get one. We'll get, uh, we'll pull all our money on Miranda July. Right. And then a bunch of people from NYU Film School or whatever. But no, there's a, a, a big ass names up there. There's they, a big they got Gordon Ramsay. They keep rolling them in. And this they is got, the thing you would think, uh, yeah. you'd, at first they sort of had, I don't want to use the term highbrow, but they did. They did kind of have some higher brow uh, 
people on there. And then as they started, you know, expanding it out, they're getting more and more and more people across crazy disciplines. Like, yeah, you got your Gordon Ramsay's on there. You got your famous, you know, movie directors on there. The, the, I still, I still, the Steve Martin one is great. The, uh, the David Lynch so one is great. But the, the, like you say, there's so many people. It's neat. Like, I'm, I mean, I don't know. I guess Gordon Ramsay's a good chef. I think he's a good businessman. But like him teaching how to cook, it, what a perfect use of that medium. You know, and there are so many different disciplines that they talk about on here. The newest one that I just saw this morning before the show when I was looking they got Ninja on there, the streamer, the um, the famous. Uh, oh yeah, streaming. he's in Free Guy. I know him from Free Guy. And he basically they they have a thing where you can actually get a spot to be like the first, some of the first people to see it. And so it comes out March thirty first. Today's the twenty second as we record this. So in a week, this is going to come out. And what's really cool is you get a little a little bit every day. This is from what they call masterclass sessions. He's teaching you to become a streamer. Everyone wants to be a streamer. But then there's like the regular videos that are already out there, the Gordon Ramsay stuff. And what's so cool about the way masterclass works, first of all, you can watch this thing anywhere that you want to watch it. It doesn't really matter whether you're on your phone, you're, you know, a web browser, smart TV, you can watch it anywhere that you go. And what's so cool is that each class is broken down into individual video lessons. They're usually like about 10 minutes long. And what's cool about that is you have 10, 15 free minutes. You want something to do. You want to be a little entertained. You want to learn something. You can watch one of these and you're not, you're not committing to like a three hour session. You can't leave. It's 10 minutes. It's up to you. You can watch it and then all the classes. But they're not dumbed down is they're the nice thing. They're not dumbed down. They show you sort of like, I want to say almost like a timeline of like, sort of like I was describing with that presentation book. Like here's these big, these four big areas and here's the sub and each one of them is like, like brief enough that you're not going to be in the weeds with it or like like a good instructional book you'll be able to grok whether you want to jump to the next one but if you like the person who's presenting you'll probably just stick with it because they, they're very entertaining too i want to also mention merlin that some people have written in to ask about this uh and they said with MasterClass, mm. do i just get the video is that it is that all i get i assume that's all you get it's not you that's a get, lot. I mean, it's already a lot. Whoa, 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 whoa. Pump the brakes. What? Yeah, you get huh. downloadable lesson recaps. You get supplemental materials. Like, for example, if you take one of the cooking classes, they have made these beautiful downloadable guides that basically look like a high-end cookbook that you're going to I haven't get. seen that yet. That's really cool. It's really cool, and it's all there for you. Um, so I, I didn't know there was, by the way, I did not know that they were sponsored this week as uh, QED. I, I did. I, I, I said, I looked at the sponsors. I didn't see them there. This is, this is it, without respect to me thinking they're a sponsor that I have a thing I want to talk about, but I have been using it and enjoying it. Now, do you, and, and now I'm going to go download things. Do Leave you have a Roku? Uh, I, I, I got a cream for that. Well, if you don't have a Roku, that's okay. But if okay. you do masterclass is on there too. Wow. They got an app for everything. Everything. So here's the deal. As a listener of this program, you're going to get 15% off an annual membership. And that's the way it works. You pay for the year, you pay for the membership, and then you get access to everything. It's not like you're in there just piecemealing it. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff. Annual membership starts at $180 a year, which... Sound, mm-hmm. I first was like, that's a lot. But then when I started really getting that's, into that's it, two, that's two sushi dinners. Like, that's not that expensive. It's really not. For mm-hmm. what you get and what you can learn and the entertainment value from me tuning into something. And I always point back to this one, uh, de- uh, Dead Mouse. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to make EDM music. I'm not going to mm-hmm. really do any music production. 
Hmm. But I learned so much about creativity, about process, about equipment, about yeah, the, yeah. all of that from that. It's it's amazing. So anyway, people need to go to masterclass.com slash back to work. When you go there, you're going to get 15% off of that. And it's a great deal. And I think uh, I'm going to say yes, all of you should do that. So <laughs> I highly recommend you check it out. Unlimited access to every masterclass. Back to work listeners get 15% off the annual membership, masterclass.com slash back to work. Go there, check it out, 15% off Masterclass. Thanks very much to Masterclass for making the show possible, Merlin Mann. Buck, buck. This is not, this is so embarrassing. Not, it's not actually not that embarrassing. Who cares? Uh, it's, it's a good product, and I was using it without respect to the ad spot. Like I said, with that said, uh, uh, ding, 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 uh, topic number one. Uh, there's this guy called Chris Voss. He's one of these funny characters. It's like, uh, like for example, you know, like there's, there's like the, um, oh, who does this? Vanity Fair does this. I want to say New Yorker does. They do the whole, like they do the career, the white background videos where people like do their career retrospective or like, or you get the like, in this instance, like, um, uh, top uh, a chef uh, reviews 37 scenes with food in movies. Or like, you know, um, you know, a lawyer dissects law scenes, that kind of thing. Um, there'll be these characters who just come out of nowhere, in my estimation. There's this one guy who's in so many videos about what it's really like to be in the mob. And I don't know what I, I don't know what I did to get this in my feed, but this guy's everywhere. He's, he's very, very, this very New Jersey looking guy. Did it with Chris Voss. Chris Voss came kind of out of nowhere to me. He is a, uh, I believe he's a retired FBI hot, like negotiator, like a hostage negotiator, whatever. So that's, that's the peg for his things is he talks to you about dealing with, uh, awkward or potentially hostile situations, but with a focus in, at least in the businessy things on places like masterclass, a focus on how to negotiate. And um, it's funny when you're talking about dead mouths, uh, I, I feel like there's always so much to learn from people in the domain, people who are great in the domain that interests you, but I feel like there's also so much to learn from people who are not in that domain. That's where you learn really interesting stuff is when you get outside of your wheelhouse and learn, you know, uh, stuff from people that do something different from you. Like, and, and yeah, maybe... It doesn't have to be useful in what you do day to day, but it may surprise you that there's things you can really learn from there's stuff you can learn from a cop. There's stuff you can learn from like a, a a theater manager. In this instance, this guy talks about negotiations. I first heard him on a really good episode of How To, the wonderful Slate podcast. Um, uh, basically, on and the, the, the thrust there is like how to be more assertive with people without being, you know, like threatening. Anyway, I was watching some of the Masterclass stuff with Chris Voss. And I think I got the right one in notes. And this is really, this is really quick, Dan. But I, he said the smartest freaking thing. And I think he calls this, what was the name? He has a name for this because, of course, you need a name with these things. Um, he calls this calibrated questions, which sounds a little darker than it is. But long story short, then here's the nut. He said the smartest thing. When you're talking with someone, when you're negotiating somebody, when you're having a difficult conversation, I think especially, I'll add my own note here, when there's a little bit of implicit bad blood and you talk to somebody, like you're, you've had a disagreement mm -hmm. and you're going to like deal with it, he says to 
focus. What did it? Let me get this exactly right. When you ask questions, like there's one kind of question we all tend to ask a lot. It's one of the W questions. We'll get to that in a sec. He says, try to focus on asking questions about how and what. Right. Avoid why. And he says something, I don't I haven't seen the data on this, but it makes sense to me. He says, from the age of about two, anytime a question to you, especially from your parents, begins with why, it's because you did something wrong and you're being accused. And so when something breaks, something goes wrong. When you, I used to do lots of toilet experiments, title, where I would like <laughs> uh, see what would happen if you put Comet and bleach in the toilet and flushed it. Oh, yeah. That oh, kind of thing. Yeah. And what's the thing? This is, I guess, a very sort of, like I said, Bill Cosby-ish question, but why did you do that? Yeah. Why did you do that? Why did you put comment in the toilet? Like, why did you discharge a weapon in the bathroom? Like, what, 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 <laughs> we hope, why, why did you do that? And Chris Voss says to avoid asking why questions and to focus on how and what questions, which is so interesting to me. It gives people so much more runway to talk about something in, and not feel like they're being attacked. Um, so, I mean, you know, if you're really pissed off at somebody and about, let's say, a money thing, you know, and you'd say something like, why haven't you paid me? Or why is this taking so long? Or why isn't this the amount you promised? Or like when you're asking that kind of question, it really does think about that. Doesn't that sound accusatory? You know, and, you know, I, 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 again, I'm not this guy, but his stuff is good. If you instead say something like, you know, what would we need to do to, um, see, I'm not very good at this. You can tell I'm terrible at arguing. Is this um, your first time? Mm-hmm, it's my first day. <laughs> how, um, you know, how, how long, how long, um, <laughs> I'm so bad at this. How and what questions are not accusatory and they, they open up space for you to have conversations that are more speculative and less about putting somebody on the spot. I thought that was so freaking smart. Yeah. Obviously I have a lot more to learn, Yeah, but, um, but I think, I think that makes a lot of sense. Doesn't that make sense? I mean, it makes sense to me as a listener. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, Chris Voss. Um, I think it's Chris no, I'm, Vaughn, I'm, isn't it? Oh, Chris Vaughn. Is yeah. that Dutch? Deutsch. Von Dutch? Deutsch. Von Deutsch. Okay. Ah, I see. Dutchland, Dutchland, Uber Alice. Um, oh. What? What'd I do? What, what, it reminds what? me of that um, Dead Kennedy song, California Uber Alice. Yeah. Thank you. Um, you, can go, you can go on to the internet and the, the Nazi punks song, for example. You could see them in the studio recording that in San Francisco in like 1980. It's really good. D.H. Pellegro is a very, very good drummer. I call him Darren. Um, uh, anyway, we got to keep moving. That's one. Anyway, check out Masterclass. Check out Chris Voss. Um, his episode, let me go see his episode on uh, Slate, which I put into notes. It's also very good. How to win arguments like a hostage negotiator. Um, Shane diffuses bombs for the military, but in his personal life, he's terrified of confrontation. Take, for example, the time his kid's babysitter cleaned out a week's worth of groceries from his fridge and never said anything. Shane wants to be understanding and give people the benefit of the doubt, but he ends up feeling taken advantage of time and time again. I would have rephrased that. On this episode of How To, we bring in Chris Voss. Blah, 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 help him stand up for himself. No matter how conflict-diverse you are, there are a few key ways you can persuade people to give you what you want. It's interesting. His book is, um, what's his book called? Never Split the Difference is the name of his book. 
And because, uh, of course, he has a book. But I don't know. I just think there's a lot of really sound advice in there. Even if you don't uh, adopt every bit of it, I think it's, uh, it's a stimulating topic. Mm. Uh, page two. Let's talk about, we could talk about one of your things. The other two things I've got, I can, you know, I could blow through these, I think, pretty fast. Can I blow through these fast and then we'll talk about your stuff? Yeah, I love that idea. Do you want me to tell you about something else I like? Yes. I would I like do. to tell you, but it's a new sponsor for us. This is new. a really fun one. Oh. Um, so, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some facts. I like to open with facts. Okay. 93% of your life is spent indoors. <laughs> okay. At least. But so much of the yeah. stuff that we like to do is outdoors, right? The fresh air, especially what, where you are in fancy pants, uh, California. You got the, the feeling of peace out there. You know, the weather is getting a little bit warmer and nicer. This is where this company, which is called Outer, comes in. They are a new outdoor furniture company. They are purposely designed for furniture that will want you to spend more time outside. Oh, that's a neat idea. It's, isn't it? And you know what? Look, we're all working from home I like home to be now, seated. Merlin. We're all working from home. It becomes very oh, easy to spend good, good, good. all of your time inside. And that's not healthy. We need to get out. Even if you're not the type of person that wants to go on a hike or that wants to, you know, whatever people do, ride a, what do they do, BMX bike? I don't know what people do outside. Out here? Rollerblades. Yeah, rollerblading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if you just want to tricks, you know what? Yeah. Sometimes there's a nice day and you're like, I just want to grab the laptop and I want to be blade outside. I want to have my friends come over. We want to do a little, as you would say, barbecue, as we would correctly mm. say, grilling, you know, mm-hmm. there's a, there's a whole thing. And this is a thing. Outer is making stuff for this. They make the world's most beautiful, comfortable, innovative, high quality outdoor furniture. It's all made from sustainable materials. And it's the only outdoor furniture with a patented built-in cover because guess what? Even in your fancy pants, California, it rains sometimes. Mm-hmm. So they do things like teak chairs. They do fire pit tables. They do everything that they make. It has a look and feel of what you expect at like a five-star resort for less than you're going to pay at like a big box store for something that's not going to last. So they've got modular designs. You customize your own space. There's something that they call life-proof material. It has a nano coating that's water, mold, bleach, and stain resistant there's over a thousand neighborhood showrooms across the country, so you can go and see it in person. And uh, you know, there it, it's a there's a weird community. Uh, well, I shouldn't say it's weird. It's it's weird that there's people who are like obsessed about this, but maybe not. Once you see this stuff, it's like they have a community that you can contact these people. They invite you. They'll say, "Come to my house and like look at this stuff in my own backyard." It's crazy. Mm-hmm, they got mm-hmm. triple memory foam cushions. They got this patented outer shell cover I was telling you about. It's so cool, but they also have a virtual showroom, which is really, really cool. You you go to Live Outer, L-I-V-E-O-U-T-E-R, liveouter.com slash B2W. Go see it for yourself. Best in class warranties. They have like 10 years for their aluminum line. You can get a two-week trial and a free return. Like, are you getting the idea that this is a, yeah. a really cool thing? It sounds like I, I, I'm going to get furniture and potentially a spot in a community. Yes. So go to liveouter.com. Outdoor, slash, outdoorsies, we call them. Slash B2W. And uh, for a limited time, Merlin, you're going to get 300 bucks off and free shipping. This is their best offer. This is the only place you get it right here. 300 bucks off, free shipping. Liveouter, 
O-U-T-E-R dot com slash B2W. And I have to say the words terms and conditions apply. Merlin. Which is totally to reasonable. So mm-hmm. go check it out. I mean, these guys, they were on uh, their outer shell was featured on Shark Tank. Like these these guys know what's going on. You got your wicker, you got your aluminum, you got your teak, you got your your bug shield blanket. Bug they shield blanket. Bug, bug. They got everything. Bug. Everything you're going to need. Go check it out. Thanks very much. Liveouter.com slash back to work. Go get yourself some uh, better furniture. Upgrade your life. Bye. Um, one of the phrases he used, I was just looking at the transcript. Um, I do like a transcript, I have to say. Um, uh, and uh, <coughs> I need to sleep. Oh, I'm going to be on a podcast Thursday talking about. Guess uh, what, Merlin? You're film. on one right now. Oh, my God. I'm going to be on a podcast. Coming from uh, inside the house. Uh huh. I need to sleep. I'm going to talk about the aviator on a podcast. I'm pretty pumped. Um, the a phrase he uses, technical empathy. He's drawing a contrast between the mm, 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 penultimate, the, the recent, the recent mm, Donald Trump, um, contrasting Donald Trump and uh, Oprah, <laughs> and talking about uh, this is Chris Voss uh, in the Slate interview. Yeah, sorry, it's uh, the Slate uh, how-to show with the wonderful Charles Duhigg, who's gone now, and I miss him. Um, but he's talking about you know that sort of bellicose style of Trump and calling people names and like being so accusatory. Um, so, can I just read this real quick? Because mm-hmm. I, I, I love this part. Uh, the president's beating the other side in submission. That's what assertion is. Well, it's contrasted with Oprah Winfrey. Um, I, um, so rude. Now, people don't see Oprah as assertive. I would ask you globally, who is notable for, for having got, gotten into an argument with Oprah? I can't think of anyone. No one that I think of that I know Personally, of has yeah. ever done that. No. How many Hollywood celebrities has Oprah had a tiff with? I'm here to tell you, I know of quite a few. Why don't they spill out into the open? Because she has emotional intelligence, she's relationship-focused and assertion-focused. Empathy has become synonymous with sympathy, and it's not, uh, and it's not, it was never meant to be. Empathy is understanding, right? Mm. This is why he calls it tactical empathy. Empathy mm. is understanding. It's being able to fully articulate a complete demonstration of understanding. When you can cross that, you go from being Donald Trump to being Oprah Winfrey. That's a little bit of a... It's astonishing uh, what you can get people to collaborate with uh, you on once they know that you know where they're coming from. Because, you know, usually if you show any empathy in the, again, that sort of saber-rattling style, it makes you look, you know, weak and vulnerable. And he's saying, well, you know, if I got to talk to somebody who's got their finger you know, like near a bomb, I need to really understand what they're going through right now. Anyway, that's that. Um, I'll blaze through a couple of these real quick. I don't have a ton to say, but these are just things I recommend because it's the kind of stuff I think matches our show. A very old episode of Radio Lab was recently re, uh, redone because that's the thing we do now is we rerun podcasts. But with that said, this episode from April 9th, 2007 on stress that's, uh, that's out there, it's in the notes. Um, really good. And I mentioned it here because, well, I, I think it's something we all need to hear and be reminded of. And it also sort of, it overlaps with that book I'm obsessed with on trauma. I was re-listening to a section of that recently, the audiobook for The Body Keeps the Score, the book on trauma that I love. And he was talking about, uh, that's okay, you can make the joke, the vagus nerves, like the vagus system. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, so in this, like all the sort of physical symptoms of stress that we get, you know, in this, in this podcast episode, they're talking about like, well, you know, you're basically, if you're uh, an Impala who's about to get attacked by a jungle cat or a Savannah cat, I don't know, you, um, your body does the same kinds of things that a humans would do. Like it's let's stop everything. Mm -hmm. Like stop 
growing. Stop ovulating. Stop um, digesting. Why does your mouth get dry when you're nervous? Because your vagus, well, I think it's part of the vagus system, but your body's panicking a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so, and then, but the thing is the vagus, the whole, the vagus system is crazy. I'll put it in notes, V-A-G-U-S. It's pretty wild. There is a, uh, the theme of this episode notwithstanding, there's a pretty well-documented thing that happens when you're extremely scared. And the reason that that happens is one of the things that your vagus system runs through is like your whole intestinal area. And it's like, we need to like basically dump our cargo and run. Um, and so what's the point? Well, the point is that stress exists to help us get out of occasional, mostly life and death situations. And it's no way to live through life. And I know you've heard me say that, but I need to rehear that. And I'll bet most of you probably need to rehear that episode on stress, uh, on radio lab out there. Mm-hmm. One last one. Oh, I also have an app recommendation I can come back to later. Um, an episode of a podcast I was listening to this very morning on the New Yorker uh, Radio Hour with uh, David Remnick. Uh, was that it? Right? I think that was it. Wait, let me double check. I'm on the right thing here. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was New Yorker Radio Hour. This is a really good episode. A really good episode. Full stop. But also really good in the specificity of it being a thing that is a good mix of stuff I already thought or thought I knew and a good mix of stuff I really needed to hear. And it's called Returning to the Office While Black. And, you know, <laughs> here and elsewhere, I sure have had my share of talking about, like, it's, it's so bananas that from the beginning of time through February, February of 2020, most people could not work at home. Like, oh, absolutely not. It was it was seen as, I mean, where do you even begin? We've talked about this so much, but I think it's so goddamn interesting. Your butt being in the chair is the predicate for you having a job. I hope you do a good job. There are people who just are a butt in a chair, title. There are people who yeah. are just a butt in a chair, and they might do better than you if their butt is in that chair at the time that the manager walked by. Right, managers like to manage. Yeah, they want to. If, you're, if I can't see you, you're not working. Yeah, they're like border collies, but useless. Yeah, like oh. if you don't give them something to, no, it's fine. They're fine. But but you know, but but but, um, isn't it wild how quickly, owing to an emergency, and I mean, one of the women in this uh, who actually works at the New Yorker, one of the women in this piece, the kind of main woman they talked to, she was on her way to work. Like, or no, she, yeah, she was on the A train on the way to work when she got the message to like, if you're, if you're on your way to work, go home. If you're at work, go home, like safely, because we're closing the office. Um, isn't it so wild how, and again, it was, had to happen, right? How quickly we went from people here are not allowed to work from home to like everybody here has to work from home and we're going to support it to the best of our ability. And then what's the, what's the thing that happened? Well, it was a mixed bag. There's a lot of, I mean, my wife really, if you're going to be in a four-hour meeting on Zoom, how is it that that is somehow even more exhausting than a meeting you would have had for four hours in 2018? And yet it is. Being on Zoom all day, I don't know how she does it. I would lose my goddamn mind. I mean, I'm tired after doing a podcast for an hour. Mm-hmm. It's like I can't imagine being like in that Brady Bunch grid with all these other people just staring at a screen especially those kinds of meetings, quote-unquote, Zoom, quote-unquote, meetings, where you're mostly just there to be a face in the Brady Bunch grid title. Um, 
you know, wait, you know, wait, <laughs> wait, say that one again. Dun, 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 dun. Here's the story. Dun, 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 dun. Lovely lady with the nine people and Alice B. Davis, and B. Davis in the middle. Yeah. What, yeah. What, what That's did what you... Zoom looks like to me. Yeah. 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 Uh, and yet we had to do it. And then, yeah, it's been a mixed bag. But you know what? Uh, spoiler alert. A lot of us have been was i wish there was a way of saying something besides you know wfh like it's you because you could also be when you say working from home well what we're really talking about is hey can we have some flexibility beyond button the chair rules like because there have been times and you know my, my old boss was cool about this there were times where i had to write something or i needed i needed to review so like i needed to concentrate and just going to the conference room wasn't going to cut it being in the open plan cube farm that was 30 degrees was definitely not the place that I wanted to be. And so he'd be cool about that. But I mean, it's to me, it's more having to have a butt in a chair versus everything else that it could be, right? Sometimes you're traveling for work. Sometimes, yeah, you work from your house. Other times you work at a different a branch of the place that you work for. You know what I mean? <clears throat> there's, if, you, if we're honest, there's always been cases. Also, people get sick and sometimes they can't come to work at all. But there's always been cases of work happening outside the office. A lot of those button chairs companies are the very same companies that have no compunction about saying, yeah, Peter, we need you to go ahead and come in on Saturday, you know, kind of stuff. Um, so that was, of course, gratifying for my cognitive uh, bias, uh, my confirmation bias to hear that. Uh, but I love this POV of this uh, black people, mostly black women in this piece, talking about what it means to go back to work where you have to live, and one of the women was like, look, I'm done code switching. I'm done having this W.E.B. boys like dual consciousness thing. You know, I'm, I'm done with all of that. No, you can't touch my hair. Like, uh, thank you. I'm really glad you think I'm clean and articulate. All the microaggressions. And, you know, white people have this hard on about like, oh, God, microaggressions. You're so, you're so, uh, you're such a snowflake. It's like, well, yeah, because there's no microaggressions for white people. There's not any kind of aggressions for white people. Whereas with black people, people, I hate the word minority, people of color are like all the different, there's so many ways you can intentionally or unintentionally be a piece of shit with somebody and maybe not even realize it. Mm -hmm. um, and black people feel very scrutinized. These are people who've been followed around in stores for their whole life. Yeah. You know what I mean? All this kind of stuff. And like if, and again, not everybody wants to, oh God, they had an amazing stat that I will probably butcher, but some kind of a, I haven't seen the survey, but some kind of survey along the lines of, they ask like, um, I don't know if it was general population or, or just white people, but they ask people in general, how do you, f are you, are you looking forward to going back to work? And something like, I was surprised that this was, I don't know. That surprised me. Um, the one group they asked, like, just, you know, people, people, big group, 30% are looking forward to going back to work. And on the one hand, I was like, I, that number bothered me for some reason. Like, it seemed both too high and too low. But ask black people, professionals, how they feel about going back to the office. You feel good about it? You excited to go back to the office? Guess what? 3%. Mm. Because... They're getting policed more at the office. They're right. getting the butt in chair inspection a lot more. Mm -hmm. They've got people asking them questions about what's the name of that actor from the black movie. Like all that kind of stuff that they have not had to deal with in quite the same way over the... Anyway, so that's all. we got to move on. 
go check it out. Uh, this is it for my podcast rep- recommendations. Um, that is so. Uh, this is all in notes. I think mostly returning to uh, the office while black. Um, yeah, it's funny though. My my uh, my lady friend is. She, is she mid meeting right now? Oh my god, today's brutal. Today, um, she was in a meeting when the thing uh, started smoking. I think her big meeting is this afternoon, but I'm not sure. It's an annual thing, but you know, there's more than one <laughs> annual thing that requires multi-hour meetings. I just don't know. Here's another one, another great rule of thumb for presentations. And this is a rule of thumb. This is not a rule of rule. It's a rule of thumb. Um, you really, even the best presenter, which I'm not, but even the best presenter. There's some people you're never going to get, but there's some people you lose faster than others. But you're going to start losing people around minute 20, and that number's going to drop precipitously after minute 35. Um, so, you know, if you've been slotted to have an hour... Oh, I never told you my Q&A uh, trick. But if, you, if you're slotted for an hour, um, just be, be aware that after minute 30, 35, especially minute 40, you're going to lose a lot of people in the room. They are just that the human attention span is not made uh, for spending that much time just paying attention to one person talking, especially if they have a purple slide with yellow letters. Um, my trick, the thing I was going to mention, the trick, my cheat is because Q and A is death. Is you go to your host, mm-hmm. whoever your contact there is, uh, hopefully somebody with a little bit of you know influence. You go to them and say, you know, what you say to them, you say, look. I know we got to do Q&A, and that's fine, but Q&A is death. And they go, yeah, I know Q&A is death, but you got to do it. And I was like, yep, 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 I understand, but here's what, I, here's what I would love for you to do. I would like you to help me cheat, and I would like you to go to one, at least one, two, maybe three, of your most interesting, charismatic, and respected people. Because every, every organization, every group, every team has one person who everybody likes better than Pound for pound, likes better than everybody else and respects more than everybody else. Mm-hmm. So could you, could you go talk to them? I don't need to know what their question's going to be, but could you ask them, when I say, does anybody here have a question, could you ask one of those people to please ask me a very good question? And then somebody that everybody likes stands, stands up. And again, this is a cheat, right? It makes me look good. It makes them look, it makes everybody look good. Because you go up there and you say like, um, somebody comes up and you say, hey, hey, are you there? What's going on? And then they ask a really good question. Oh my God, you've set the tone. Rather than what? Well, the second worst thing is you say, does anybody have a question? And then some guy in the back goes, this is really more of a comment than a question. <laughs> but the, the only thing that's worse than that is nothing. Mm-hmm. Nobody says anything. And I've heard lots of people say there's tricks for this. You could say, oh, this is not Q&A. It's discussion. It's follow-up. It's whatever. There's probably like consultant guru BS artists who have all kinds of talking stick ideas for how to turn that into something interesting, but that's a good trick. If, you, if you're going to do Q&A, and you can do this yourself, like you at, at, uh, on the show floor, you could go straight to somebody in the audience who's a pal of yours that you know is really smart and ask them to ask a good question. I walk up to the line of, please ask me a question about, is everybody else doing inbox zero, right? I'm not going to tell you what to ask me, but uh, isn't that a good trick? A good that's cheat? a nice one. I like that. Thank you. I also have an app recommendation. You have some several other things and some questions. Did you want to talk about... <gasps> One more thing you particularly like? I would love to talk about Squarespace. 
They've been, you know what? I just occurred to me. They've been a longtime sponsor of our. Of they, our work I occurred here. to me too. They've been good to us. We did a rock opera about uh, with Squarespace. Squarespace is an all-in-one. Platform. I did all the song. Pa- I did the song uh, parodies. You remember? Mm-hmm. No, I, of course I did. Uh, what was it called? They did Found a- my place. I did was- one that sounded like Husker Du. I yeah. did one that sounded like the Smiths. Yeah. I did one that sounded a lot like New Order. It was a lot, and then they made a website for us. It was responsive. It looks great on every device or dingus. Mm-hmm. Start well, start out with a beautiful, beautiful template. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. Squarespace. Thank you so much to Squarespace. Go ahead. Is there more? It's your show. Let me tell the people about (laughs) it. This seems like the least we could do. It's an all-in-one platform that helps you build your your brand, grow your business, create web. And this is what you do. You start out with a beautiful website. It helps you engage with your audience. You're going to sell anything. Your products. You're going to create content. What kind of content? Doesn't matter. All the content. All the content. Can I sell MP3s there? I think you can sell whatever you want. Squarespace has you covered. Oh, for I don't know if you got the want. updated copy. Yeah, you could sell your stuff. You could sell consulting, but you could you could sell Yeezys, I guess. I don't know whatever those are, but you could sell whatever you want. This is all new. And the, all the support that they've added for actual business stuff that business people would use is really cool. So one of the things that you can do with this mm-hmm. is, let's say you go out there and you're like, you know what? I, I got a little bit. I want to start a little business. I've been, made, I've been crocheting. Let's say a little tiny little business. You want to sell some stuff. They're going to help you do that. They're going to calculate the shipping. They're going to do everything that you want to do when it comes to selling stuff. They have this all built in, but that's not all it's about. There are people who are photographers who are showcasing their work here. There are people who are teaching courses using this. There's tons of restaurants that use this to show their menu and handle all the stuff around that. Like really no no flash, Dan, no flash needed. So often, no, I see... Do you remember see, that? Remember it used to be you go to another town and you pull out your your, uh, your feature phone and try to see like a local menu? And it's like, sorry, we can't show you this on your feature phone or your smartphone because it's all in flash. It's in flash. And, and that, you, you go, you make a beautiful website. looks great on every device or dingus. What a world. Yeah. Well, they don't. Mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about that one. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Hey, maybe you're getting married. Mm-hmm. This is where you can mm-hmm. have the congratulations, Mazel Tov. The whole thing about you know you have it up there. People can go and see where is it. Where how do I get there? It's all right. You here. put photos up, photos, mm-hmm. photos. People who couldn't mm-hmm. make it, they could see the video of it. You can host. It I right used to put maps. It. I used to use Squarespace for my um, RIP uh, Ungainly X Man Meetup, and on that page, it would have text that I updated very easily through Squarespace. It also had a map about how to get there, mm-hmm. and it also included um, uh, links. Uh, I, w- I would update every time we did the event links to comics that I liked mm. that you go click and buy on the uh, from the uh, the uh, Washington Fulfillment uh, Society. Yes, you can do all of that. You just drag, you drag, you drop, you click, and you got a website. Beautiful, beautiful. Build it beautiful. Build it beautiful. Build it beautiful. Build it beautiful. Mm. Mm-hmm. So go to squarespace.com/slash. It's your show. Mm-hmm. You will save ten percent off your first mm-hmm. purchase of a website or a domain. You can get either one of those. Either one of those. (laughs) I use them every week. I mean, sorry, uh, when we do the Roderick on the Line podcast, that's where I put it. It's so easy to do. You just go, you log in, you got a website. It's all right there. But you know what's neat about it? I'll tell you, this is what you call a bootstrap paradox. It's their website, but it's your website. But it's also their website, but it's also your website. Well, mm. what that mean? What'd well, that mean? it's not some social. No, what that mean? It's not some social media nonsense that's just going to go away. MySpace wipe all your music, RIP. Like it's they give you all the stuff you need to make what you want. All Squarespace needs is you. Oh. 
think <laughs> Squarespace gives you everything you need but you. Do you get that, how good that is? Because you come in here, and you, you, we got all kinds of stuff here. We're gonna, we can make a website. Don't worry about that. You're, you're welcome here. We're waiting for you. All we need is you. Can they just have that? Let's give it to them. I think they don't need to. They're <clears throat> yeah. not going to pay any extra. No, no, but they, they, they've been good to us, so they've they been can nice. have that. Nice. Kind of bummed, but yeah, that's yeah. fine. All right, squarespace.com yeah, yeah. slash it's your show. 10% off first yeah, purchase yeah. website domain. Thanks, guys. Squarespace. Um, clean shot. X, clean shot 10. I've been seeing this app. This is real quick, and then I'm going to throw to you. Um, last thing for me, clean shot. Um, I saw this mentioned because there's a dude I follow on GitHub who's made a bunch of great plugins and L, you know LB actions, pound actions. Wow. What am I hearing? Do you hear something? What does it sound like? I don't know. Is there a party? What's happening? I mean, I don't hear a party, but I want to be uh, invited. I might be having some kind of a synesthesia. Uh, hang. Hey, can uh, sorry, stand by. Talk to the audience for a minute. I'm gonna see what this is. Hang on. Okay. So can, talk, talk to the audience. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it's fine that you're doing that. I don't really know um, what he's doing. One of the things I wanted to talk about, though, and I'm, I'm sure he's gonna come back and he's gonna sort of in, in, interrupt this. Is I heard Merlin talking about this application that is called what? What is this thing? It's the uh, it's that new mail app. That he's been talking about. I gotta look this up. Uh, mime, mime stream. Mime stream. It, Inbox zero. <laughs> it works really well with the Google. It's great app. Great app. But it's yes. not doing it like with IMAP. It's not doing it with any of that stuff. Gmail it's only. Gmail like everybody, only. they're promising to have non-Gmail uh, uh, beyond Gmail yeah. support in the future. Uh, the ATP guys, I, I agree with them. I wouldn't hold my breath for that. But it is. It's, oh God, I wish, guys, if you're listening, I love your app so much. Is there any chance I could turn off the Inbox Zero thing? Because it is kind of killing me. I don't really want to see confetti in the word Inbox Zero when I do my job. Yeah, that's immature. No, well. Immature. For me, I did that. Oh. Uh, it's a really good app. I don't, I don't okay, need so, to see that. But the, the point is, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have made the switch to Fastmail for everything. Um, oh, they're great. They're I great. really, really like it. I, it's interesting to me. I'm always learning this. I tweeted about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, I was considering also as an alternative. I've been on Fastmail for a few years. I liked it, but I keep I keep running into people who are talking to me about how cool Proton Mail is and things like that. Uh, but I didn't realize it. But you know what? I I prefer to just check my email using an email client. I don't. I almost never the the situation. So do you remember the movie The Game? With Michael mm -hmm. Douglas in it. And you sure. remember how mm -hmm. he's been sort of dumped in Mexico with nothing and has to find <laughs> his way. Not spoiler. Oh, alert. yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's kind of, the movie, that's yeah. the type of situation where I'm going to be using a web interface to an email. Uh, I get client. it. It's, it's your quarter of last resort. Yeah. Like if you're on your lunch break, you can go to the Apple store and look at your Yahoo account or whatever. Yeah, but that's, that's not, we're, somebody like Syracuse and me, we like the web interface for Gmail, but I totally understand. I was talking to somebody, my friend Jesse, yesterday, like where he's like, you know, mail.app, whatever, it's fine. Like I'm just, I'm fine just to use mail.app, which is fine for a lot of people and that's what i do i continuously look for something new that comes out and i i also realize that most living human beings are using gmail like i get that and most of them are probably using it with the web interface and and you're one of the people who is like a 
a supreme guru at doing that. Well, it's because I'm a keyboard commando. Yeah, and I mean, you've learned all of those things, and for me, it and just... all of those key, almost all, almost every one, all the keyboard commands I use a lot work in MimeStream, which is nuts. The weird thing is, C, you would... C is compose. Left bracket is you know go back and mark as red. You know, U is up. Shift U is uh, you know mark on red. It's it's wild. You would think that as someone who builds for the most part, you know, builds web applications for a living, you would think that I would prefer that, but I, I always like a, a native client. If I ever have a choice sure. to use a native client, then I will. And so I, I got excited hearing you talk about this uh, new app. And of course, it's only for, you know, Gmail accounts. Gmail. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I haven't had a chance to really try it or do much with it uh which is it's sad you know because i think it yeah. seems like it's is really good yeah, there's no point there's no point in you spending any time on it right now yeah and so is mail.app where you end up going uh i'm always using mail app yeah yeah mail, but i mean like so you're interested in whatever promising apps are out there but at this point your go-to is mail.app on a mac that Correct. is what I use almost exclusively. Mm-hmm. And uh, I won't like say that I'm happy with it. I would say that I, I know it. I use it because no, I know it. No, you don't it. need to defend it to me. I mean, it's uh, there are a lot of people who really, really super like it. But it's weird it's... to me. I don't understand. I'm assuming I have done a total of zero programming again or coding against like the Gmail API. But whenever you see one of these new apps or services come out the ones that integrate with google it seems like they're not doing it through imap which is the protocol that was pretty mm-hmm. standard and still is standard for most and, email and, and upon which gmail was originally based right correct that's my understanding as well yeah. or at the very yeah. least it was designed to be compatible with that so it seems to me like since gmail is perfectly compatible with imap I'm sure that there are some Gmail features that don't work over IMAP because IMAP was not designed with Gmail in mind. It was designed to be a really great email protocol, and it is much better Mm -hmm. than POP, which is the old one, and and POP3 specifically. And the big difference between POP and IMAP that people had to adapt to is back in the olden times when... (laughs) You got your mail once, and that was it. Yeah, internet connections. Basically, your option was tick this box in your door to say leave on server. That was your option. Yes, because back then we had intermittent email, I mean, internet connections. You would dial up, you would pull down your mail, and then to save money... You yeah, would disconnect yeah. and you would read your mail. Your response reply. is offline. And then next time you connect it. That's right. Them. And mm-hmm. so IMAP is different because IMAP sort of, although it does work offline and download it locally, it, it's sort of intended to be a more modern protocol where you can do more things while you're connected. It's designed really for those permanent connections or like we all have now. We don't think of it that way, but like your computer's on the internet anytime nobody, nobody you want Nobody I knew, for people in government, and at big universities and a handful of businesses that I knew that had always on email accounts. But to me, that was the, to me, that would be, I mean, this sounds like an, it's an exaggeration, but it would be a little bit like leaving the hot water running all the time right. and it didn't cost any more. And it was always exactly the same temperature. It's like, that's economically disruptive. How does that make any sense? Exactly. So that's my haze. Sound. Yeah. I let, no, it's perfect. But you know, what I also realize is that there are not a lot of people 
um, who are using these alternative services enough to make it. But I don't understand why the people, maybe someone in the audience has built one of these apps and can tell me why whenever an app comes out like this, they don't just make it work with IMAP because if it worked with IMAP, yes, it would support Google. That's but a good it would question. I'd love to know the answer to that. Too. It would support everything else. I have to imagine there's a very good reason for that. I, I mean, one thing off the dome, like for example, with uh, just real quick with MimeStream, MimeStream is that for example, they only well, it's 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 in pretty fast you know development. Like it's just happening pretty quickly. It's still in beta, but like for example, in the last week or two, they added the ability to. Uh, you know, click when you get an invitation for um, for a meeting or whatever in Google Calendar. Now you get the you can click and that'll work in MimeStream. I'll bet you that's something that's that ability to do that is way beyond. I don't know. I don't know. But I, isn't that is that in IMAP? Because obviously it's in Gmail and GCal to be able to do that. Right. But I, that's I, that, that's not. the kind of thing. I'd love to know the answer, though. I mean, not because I'm being snarky, but because I'm actually curious. It does. There must be a reason that. I mean, the reason zero is lots of people use Gmail, and then reason one becomes like, well, and the reason we only make this for Gmail is not simple. It's partly because it's the service a lot of people use, but it's also that like. You know, I, I wonder if it's like Google Search in the sense that there's Google and everybody else. I wonder if, in some sense, there's Gmail and everybody else, mm -hmm. and there's just not enough of a an addressable market apart from Gmail to make it worth doing. I like that. Always looking. Mm -hmm. So I heard something. Oh, what and things I muted. You heard? Well, I heard something coming out of my bathroom, and so I muted. And then as I got closer to the door, I opened the door, I heard uh, the song uh, The Schuyler Sisters from Hamilton, which was kind of weird, play, playing in my bathroom. So it's a little bit of a mystery for a minute. Um, I, 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 I guess I had heard something before I heard music. That was the sound of a container of damp rid falling onto a HomePod Mini mm. and playing a song from Hamilton. Mm. That so is, it's like what's called Ghost in the Machine. That's creepy. Yeah, it's pretty creepy. What else did we have? Um, did we go, we're running a little long here. Clean shot, Chris Voss podcast episodes, dude. Uh, got that. Uh, I think that's most. Oh, what else did you have? You had. Um, oh, did you go to see Batman? I did. I saw I, uh, it. Uh, it came. I forget when it came out. People have very strong opinions about it. For better or for worse, like my my buddy at, at Walgreens. Hey, Pio. My my buddy at Walgreens that I always talk about comic book stuff with well, we we're talking about uh you know we we're talking about the suicide squad and peacemaker which i'm kind of obsessed i uh, know i'm legit obsessed with right mm -hmm. now um and he said oh did you see batman the batman and i the was batman. like i heard it's i heard it's really long he says it is he said but it's really good and r pattinson i call him cedric diggory said he was he's was very good and very emo did you did you enjoy the film you know i thought it was really great he said he got in, he said he got in more into the detective part that the detective is exactly comic style, what which is what say. i was like oh really that i would totally go for so what this felt like to me and this is going to make sense to anyone who's read the batman comics and make sense to nobody else unless they have is good this was not an adaptation of the batman comic it was i would argue this is my stance that it is yes. an adaptation of detective comics. It felt like 1939-ish yeah, originals. I've I've got a set of um I've got a it's not even what's the one under a trade? I guess this is a trade. It's not fancy, but I've got one of like, you know, 
oh, it's the first Batman comic. It's the first Batman comic with Robin. It's the first one with Riddler. <laughs> the Riddler ones are so wild. The first Joker, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and it's it's like in the same way that Superman didn't used to fly, he just used to jump really far. That's right. This, I mean, this no feels, I mean, this, this feels, you know, we've seen so many Batman gadgets over the years yeah. and we've seen them all. They so always, many pearls rolling around in the alley. They always work perfectly. Yeah. They always work perfectly. And in this film, you have a Batman who is very much just starting out, not inexperienced, but mm-hmm. he does not have totally, totally separate timeline, separate uh, Kelvin universe version, separate universe. Completely Batman separate. begins. Yes. Okay, All right. uh, nothing to do with that one. And he has that's a thing they do now. That's wild. Yeah, and basically, what 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 you're experiencing is a Batman who is not a beginner, but still early, younger, mm-hmm. still has a lot to learn. Already, kind of a mysterious legend, both to criminals and to the police force. Distrusted by the police force, but sure. accepted with reluctance. Um, and the the great thing about it is his gadgets don't always work. And they don't, when they do, oh, I love it. they don't always ah. work right. And and yes. they might, they might, he might use one and it's not exactly the outcome he was hoping for. And that happens a number of times because guess what? That's real it's life very too. very relatable. Yeah. That's very relatable. You know, and, and you get to, there is a lot, uh, it was, lo- it was a longer film and you do get to see behind the scenes, you know, you get to see, uh, what bat his cave kind yeah of that you do see some bat cave action in there but Is all that a big of, penny not yet all of his no, gadgets no. and things that he has they look like his utility belt looks like what the cops wear it looks like he just got a cop utility belt and put his own stuff oh, in like it. you the place where i got the tactical pants it, the like he went to some kind of a cop store basically yeah he yeah. went to like a, a cop surplus store you know and the stuff that he's made looks good but it does it looks like it was made and that was, you know, I, they got around that issue with Spider-Man by having the suit be made by Tony Stark for those movies. And that's why mm-hmm. his suit was so badass. His own suit was ridiculous. It was a hoodie, you know, and now you have this amazing suit. Well, in this one, this looks like something that we're maybe seeing the second or third version of the suit that he's probably built. And it's still pretty rough. It's like... Yeah, he knows what he's doing, but I get it. This is Mark II or whatever. And they got around that with uh, in the Christian Bale Batman universe, uh, the Nolan Batman universe. They got around that by saying, okay, he's just sort of has this skunk works ex military project, which has this amazing Batmobile and all this other tactical gear that he can just say to Morgan Freeman, like, Hmm, what if that was a suit that I could wear and it was all black? In this one, you actually have him like I'm not wearing hockey pads. Right. <laughs> you have you have him put together a suit that looks very much like it was put together. And and but yet it is still badass and looks really, really good and does its job really, really well. It sounds like you liked it. I liked it, but also like in this one, like when like Batman is not such an amazing combat. Uh, artist, if you will, that he he gets hit, he gets knocked down. He he mm-hmm. he typically tends to win, but he's he's oh, getting yeah. hurt and and on a and regular yeah, basis. One, one of the things I like in the Nolan ones, where he's like, "Hey, look, we got to fix this so I can't get stabbed as easily or right. dog bites or whatever." And I keep so thinking the, of the same movie. The same is in this movie, and it. I just thought they did it great. But I'll tell you the one. There's two things that for me stole the movie completely. Ooh, the first one is. The Batmobile is oh really so 
good. I don't there. I want to go and see the movie again just for the scene with the Batmobile in it. It's that Whoa, good. It's awesome. Ama- it's like if if you and I said, you know what, we're not doing anything for the next six months. We're just going to build a Batmobile. It, it feels like that. Like it was very much built and it's cool and it's awesome. And he is not afraid to trash the hell out of that thing. It's amazing. Fun. And oh man, and then the other one? Paul Dano stole the movie. Oh, I love that guy. He's is he so the good in Riddler? this. Yes. No. Yes. Oh wow, I love that guy. So good in this. He's. I can't say he's so good in it. He's going to win something for this. That's it's great. great. Is really all awesome. right. I will. I will seek it out. We. Um, my kid and I are gonna. Mom's. Mom's gonna uh, do a little uh, trip on her own, and so we'll have some time to maybe go see that. Um, uh, Batman, Batman, Batman. Um, oh, 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 God. You know what's amazing? Just real quick in passing. Um, so I think I mentioned this to you before, but like, I, I feel like I, it's difficult for me to recommend. I see, I'm, avo- I'm trying to avoid that way of phrasing that I'm trying to avoid. I loved The Suicide Squad and I came at it from a weird way. Like, I, I'm just kind of checked out to the whole DC universe at this point. It's just like, who cares? It's just all so bleak and so, bleh. it's like the, the people who love these movies, like, I don't think I would be close friends with. Um, but, you know, I, I did like, I mean, I like the Christopher Nolan movies, you know, and, and I like some Zack Snyder movies. I, I really like Watchmen. Shut up. I really liked it. But anyway, I'd heard so much about Peacemaker on HBO. And I thought, okay, I, I got, I should check this out. And I went and I popped it up. And the very first thing says previously on the suicide squad. And it's like, already right, there's, there's something tongue, tongue in cheek happening here. So now it's like, basically, Oh, I see. There is a movie. I know there's a suicide squad with a Joker guy. This is the suicide squad directed by the great James Gunn. And, uh, I love that movie too much. Uh, my kid and I went so I made my kid I watched it twice in a day when my kid got home I was like you're sitting down and you're gonna watch The Suicide Squad mm-hmm. with me because it's so freaking fun I loved it I like that one I like the Harley Quinn one with the uh, the egg sandwich I mean there's a handful of things I like this weekend I don't know what I was thinking I, I popped open Suicide Squad without the article the one with Jared Leto as the Joker mm-hmm. oh I mean, there's some good some good stuff in it, but oh my goodness, <laughs> it was really not terrific. I've never seen that movie. I have no interest in seeing it. But and also this week, you know what? I watched again a little movie called Iron Man. You ever seen a movie called Iron Man? It's a good, good film. That's an extraordinary movie. You just can't tell these kids today how improbable that movie is. Yeah. But like, I guess what I'm saying is like, you know. A movie like Iron Man, a movie like Spider-Man 2, a movie like The Suicide Squad, or another great James Gunn movie, um, Guardians of the Galaxy, it's like, it just, it doesn't, you don't have to be stupid about it. You can be clever. It can be fun. It can still have action. It can have heart. It just, it doesn't have to be like slow motion, desaturated steroid men all the time with bullets, bullets, bullets all the time. Like, it's just, it gets so dreary and so... Like, I'm not sure who The Suicide Squad is for. Like, who's excited about that Joker performance? Nobody. Nobody is. I was watching, I tried to watch, well, I love, you know, I love Anne Hathaway. I won't hear a word against her from the haters. No. But I was wa- trying to watch the We We Crashed on Apple TV, the We Work thing with her and Jared Leto. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I had a couple drinks and I said something on, on the internet that sometimes these days it feels like Jared Leto is reading 
for a basic cable movie about his career, and he didn't get the job. I don't. I, I don't know what he's. I don't know what he's doing. What happened to Jordan Catalano? What has happened with this guy? I mean, I know. I know he's. He's. People think he's pretty and and he's fine and he's done some great stuff. You know, I confuse him sometimes in my head with Jake Gyllenhaal. Who's the one in Donnie Darko? That's Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes. Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Anyway, yeah, yeah. He's the one who some people used rubbers uh, during the movie, right? Well, he sounds like a real class act. Yeah, really. And that accent, boy, it's really got a Tommy Wiseau kind of quality. Somewhere between Nandor and Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> Anna Delby <laughs> Foundation. <laughs> that is the war cry of Sheldon, the tall leader. Oh yeah, Woo. I think that's it. That's, that's it. Everything. That's all we got. That's the whole show. Hey, We're done. everybody, thank you for still being here. And like you know, I, I, I'm I'm annoying as hell, but at least the bang bang machine's not here. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. Thank God for small favors. Welcome back from Austin. I hope you had a good trip. Thank you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, hope the show floor is clean. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll find the name of that book. Uh, hey Dan, where would people find uh, show notes for episode? Uh, five seven zero of your back to work program. Five seven zero. They're going to go to back to work limo slash five seven zero. Just there anytime. You don't have to pay. You don't even no have to worry about it. I mean, it's fine. Mm-hmm. All we need is you. E W E. All right, let's button this up. All right. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin man.